0: distinguished adventurers welcome back to another session of magic and metal i am your game master slash storyteller uh jonathan aka roadblock we have our crew today uh who you've been listening to last few weeks thank you for joining us and uh we're gonna go around i am just hydrating water that's been that's been my jam we may uh we may see me drink something a little more uh potent next time uh lauren hey how you doing what you drinking
1: oh i'm excited to hear about this hi I am drinking, actually, something that is fairly boring. It is low sugar mango juice because I needed hydration, but I was bored of water. Is that a thing? Can you be bored of water? I am. I'm bored of water. But you know what? This mango juice, this low sugar mango juice, because I old, this mango juice, and especially this episode, is dedicated to Nick. Nick, thank you for being one of our amazing Patreon patrons. And I hope you enjoy us on Broom's kicking robot ass.
2: Thanks, Nick. Thank you, Nick.
3: Appreciate it.
0: All right. Next up, we have John. Hey, John, how's it going? What you drinking?
3: Uh, Hey, this is John, a.k.a. Alfredo Branzini. And tonight I have a 2021 uh, vintage from the Atlanta, Georgia vineyards of the Coca-Cola factory. What the
1: hell? (laughs) (laughs) it's It's for
0: 2021? Wow. I it says That's...
3: copyright, so. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that was oh. that was two years ago.
1: I mean, those things don't go bad, barely right? Barely so two years ago.
2: Fun fact: sugar is a preservative. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There you go. It, it's very nicely aged. Yeah, also, exactly. I forgot to say thank you for reminding me. I forgot to say I'm playing Maureen Eddings tonight. But anyway, back to you and your vintage Coke.
3: Yeah, it's it, it's Coke from a can.
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Coke from a can.
0: And uh, finally, you could say he's the. And featuring in our uh, closing credits here, uh, Jack. Hey, Jack. What you,
2: how you doing? What you drinking? Good people of the apocalypse. It figures <laughs> I have to sign off now that we're towards the end of this. I think oh. it's always going to be good people of <laughs> the place wherever okay. we're playing. I'm Jack. I play Grisham Vianod. Fun fact, Vianod is a real place. If you ever go there, there's a lot of physical beauty, but also monkeys that will attack you.
1: Good to know. Good to know. Beautiful, deadly monkeys.
2: Okay. The sullen teenager's choice this evening. Is uh, Seagram's zero sugar ginger ale? I've never had before. We bought these like little mini cans for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a game, and it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm still picking up my pieces of my heart off the floor. But uh, can you but pick up mine this, while you're at this it? Can is green. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cleaning to do, especially around Frankfurt and Cotman.
0: Why? Why, Jack? Give us some
2: context. Which uh, Which team were you pulling for? Ah, fly Eagles, fly. I uh, I bleed Eagles green and go birds. Uh, it hurt. Go birds. Always go birds. To have three of my teams go to the big game in the span of hundred days, and for all of them to lose, oh, is the most Philadelphia no. thing I mean, we, we ever could not had close that. it out this year. Oh, oh no! Yeah, I
1: forgot about that too. I'm so yeah, sorry. The Phillies and the um, at least I'm not a
2: Union fan that much. At least the Flyers can't give me hope. Like gritty is the best thing about the team right now.
3: Gritty is always the, the best. Sixers, thing.
2: Sixers, of course, are stand poised to potentially break my heart and actually go a little further in the playoffs. But, uh, but that's a nice problem to have. Anyway. I haven't tasted this yet. Let's see how it is.
1: I'm curious about this because I have. So. We're
3: a fan of zero sodas in our house, usually.
2: Yeah. So I'm a Canada Dry person by ginger ale tradition. We were a Canada Dry household growing up. I don't think I ever had like the regular secret, so I have no context for it. It's definitely zero sugar. Like you can taste the uh, the Chemicals? sugar substitute coming through there, but the the ginger, and I'll give you a little bit of Malayalam too, the NG comes through nicely, which is nice.
1: Hmm. I'm also amused by those little cans. I've had both Seagrams and Canada Dry in their no-sugar varieties, and I do like both, but I've never had the tiny little cans. And for our listeners at home, they are tiny little cans.
2: It's the perfect amount of soda, actually. I feel like most of the time a full can of soda is too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm old. I said yes to that.
1: <laughs> it happened to me! I mean,
2: you're, yeah. I mean, all you're, all this you're
1: technically not wrong.
2: <laughs> all this white in my beard is not, fro- in fact, frosting.
1: Yeah, I'll just whiten my hair, you know? When we started this podcast, my hair... I'm a kid now! My hair wasn't quite this salt and pepper, and now...
2: I was talking about this on, on Twitter, like, I'm in three years, I'm coming up on 20 years of podcasting.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, they announced recently, Penny Arcade announced that they're doing a, a Kickstarter for Acquisitions Incorporated for uh, a new season, and... The article that I was reading, I think it was in Polygon, was specifically talking about how they're like one of the original progenitors of the live play because they were doing the fourth edition podcasts. And it got me thinking for a second. I'm like, well, but we started not long after fifth edition, right? But yeah, we old.
3: Yeah, we've (laughs) been around for a while.
1: We've been around for a while. I I was also talking to Eugenio Vargas, who is DM Jazzy Hands on Twitter, who is the... Yeah, Eugenio is absolutely amazing, and uh, he is the DM for The Last Refuge, which is one of our friend podcasts who started around the same time as us, and their campaign is coming to a close, <laughs> and so we're we're all, like, we're all getting tired and old, family.
3: Because the original, uh, I think the original Dungeon Drugs one-shot that y'all did for charity was 4th Edition, the yeah, very it first fourth one. was 4th Edition. Yep.
0: That was the one with, with uh, Sterling Archer, the proto-Jonathan the muscular when he was more of a wrestler than anything else, and two friends of ours.
1: Yeah. I'd even done a game before that game because the first time I ran a charity game at RTX, I ran for friends, and the person who won became the basically the the monster at the end. And they got to roll for the monster, and I basically walked them through it. Um, and that was the year before that. So I'd been running live games and and technically the dungeon drunks, Dungeons and dragons and drunks, distinguished adventurers, milieu, whatever our DNA goes back many, many, many years. We are well-seasoned adventurers. Okay, I've rambled enough. You can say distinguished almost. <laughs> yeah, very we, we, distinguished. Very Oh, so distinguished adventures. Okay, enough of me rambling about us being old. Let's play some kids on brooms. Yes. So when we left, you guys
0: had been preparing for a massive offensive that you are not taking part of. The forces of humanity, both Penta and uh, Arcane, are going to be striking at the heart of the North American instances of stormnet led by Con johnner these forces are going to be taking on data centers in georgia How did I
1: forget about Con, Con johnner? johnner
0: yeah <laughs> yeah he's great he's you know human human resistance leader khan johnner i love it anyway he's going to be leading the main assault the big noisy assault you guys have been tasked by both johnner and professor julian a ahead of the roanoke academy of the arcane to do a little bit more of a low-key mission, to save time, you learned that the forces of StormNet are, have kidnapped several chronomancers, including one that you know, uh, Professor Hamilton Hauer. You guys received intelligence that they were being held at an old naval facility in, New- in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, you are going to be going there, rescuing the hostages, and stopping whatever StormNet is up to. You got maps. Uh, If I go by my notes, Grisham studied robotics, AI, and automation. Maureen studied the maps and the building blueprints, what little you had. And Fredo got some Ant-Man versus Thanos comics that he hid in a folder labeled classified.
1: Also, we discovered that all the other chronomancers are the 2002-2003 San Antonio Spurs. Three
0: of them are. One of them is a coach for the Spurs, and, and she's a lady. And the last one is Hamilton Hauer, who, uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit, is named after two watch brands.
3: No, the classified documents were hidden in the Ant-Man and Thanos comics. Ah, okay. So that way I could read the classified documents without looking like I'm reading classified documents.
0: Thank you for the clarification. All right. You have taken your time to study. Uh, You have received uh, some magic armor that gives you some benefits. I believe what I said was it gives you plus one to planned action checks and plus two to unplanned action checks. So uh, somehow they are better when you don't expect it. Okay. Because magic. The sun rises over the horizon, and uh, the horizon, for your view, is just a sea of trees, as uh, the Roanoke uh, Academy of the Arcane is nestled in this uh, lonesome forest on the island. I have described the grounds as being a myriad of different architectures and time frames. You have things that clearly came from Europe. You have a few things that probably came from Africa. You have things that uh, originated here, longhouses and lodges. And uh, it's just a weirdly uh, sort of continuous and actually works well together for this particular purpose.
1: It's a patchwork quilt of different architectural styles. Exactly. And you guys
0: emerge from where your quarters are, into one of the many courtyards, brooms in hand, armored up, and ready to go. As you're walking out, Professor Snap casually walks walks out to meet you. Well, today is the day. How are
3: you all feeling this morning? Great. Yeah, you know, it's it's a nice day to go for a fly.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. I like that. Also, maybe today isn't the day. Maybe today's the day that we learn about how to do time travel, and then we'll make yesterday the day.
3: As I said with the time before, ow, my head.
1: It's okay, Grisham's got us.
3: Okay. Right, Grisham? <laughs> I'm just going to pull apart the, the bots, and you deal with the timey wine stuff. I'm ready to make some gold. Let's do it.
0: Good luck, and may time be on your side. I may have said this earlier, but it remains true nonetheless. And you, as you start to take off, you see Professor Snap looking upon you uh, with pride. And uh, you can see he's got some concern in his face. But it's nothing that, I mean, it's you guys are going on a dangerous and important mission. So you've seen this look on his face uh, at other times, too. This isn't a Black Hawk Down situation where your commander comes out and says, Hey, good luck, guys. And, and you're all like, wait, that was weird. He's never done that before. And then... Now, no, this this is a familiar uh sight for for you, not always, but but sometimes.
1: Also, f- spoiler alert for Black Hawk Down.
0: <laughs> this was in like the first like twenty minutes of the movie. It's fine. I know. Also, I know. Black I find Hawk Down funny, came though. out in two thousand three. That was twenty years ago. That's true. okay. I that's watched true. it recently. Oh my fucking god! Everyone's so young.
1: Uh huh. So are we? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that. That's a that movie, Grisham. That's a movie that Alfredo got for us. Like a year ago or something? Like, he finally got access to some of those movies, and we watched that. It was pretty dark.
2: Wait, wasn't the tag game guy game guy in that one?
1: Yes. That was a better movie.
2: Which tag guy? This is Jonathan, not, not oh. GM. There was a movie called Tag. It was based right, on a right. story of a...
0: Yeah, I think it yeah. was Jeremy Renner. Wasn't Jeremy Renner in Black Jeremy Hawk Red- Down? Jeremy yeah. Renner was not in Black Hawk Down.
1: Oh. I thought he was in Black Hawk Down. He was not. What are we thinking of then?
0: It had Josh We're thinking Josh of Hartnett. that movie,
1: uh, Jack and I are thinking of that movie of the, about the bomb squad. Hurt Locker. And where, Hurt Locker. Yes. Hurt Locker. We're thinking Hurt Locker.
0: Also, kind of a depressing movie <laughs> and featuring another Avenger, Avenger uh, Anthony Mackie. That's I right. love
1: that the two of us were wrong in the same, the same exact way. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, 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 saving the universe. Uh,
0: yes, but Professor Fussell Snap, for those who haven't caught on, is based on the uh, Michael Gambone version of Professor Dumbledore. Hmm. Uh, That's why I try. I can't. I can't quite match his gravelly tones, but I can adopt some of his mannerisms.
1: I mean, that's that's one of the best pieces of advice I w- was given a while ago for creating NPC voices, is that you don't have to do an accurate impression of anyone. You just have to think this is the impression I'm doing and just do that impression. And even if you can't tell who the impression is of, now you have a character that you're thinking of. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so I think you're doing a very good job. Well, thank
0: yeah. you. All right. I need everyone to give me a flight roll. Okay.
1: Oh, hey, we're, we're rolling. Rolly,
0: rollies. As you. Is this
1: an unplanned or planned roll? It's planned. Okay.
0: There are consequences. Oh, boy.
1: So I got a 10 with my bonuses.
0: Okay. Because you get flight bonuses from. Uh, I broom. have a
1: plus one from my broom. know uh, from my.
3: Actually, let me check. I
0: might wand. I got a plus one as well. Okay. So you got a plus one from your wand and plus one for your vest.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So Jack got himself a, or Grisham got himself a four.
3: I'm a double ten. checking mine. I got a plus one to flight. So it goes to a four now because my vroom broom and the vroom broom. was vroom.
2: actually a three. I actually added the one in there already. Oh, okay. It actually is a three.
3: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So mine is a four total.
1: Oh no. A <laughs> I mean, this is one of the things I'm very, very good at, but still, oh no. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: As you guys are riding along, you're going at a okay clip. You find your broom, uh, for whatever reason today a little little uncomfortable, so you're having to everyone except for Marine are kind of something something doesn't feel right. So you go you do move a little bit slower than normally you would. And uh, alright, let's do this now. All right, you guys know the direction that you're going. You follow the path and there are a couple of times where there's a little bit of circling as you guys re as y'all reorient yourselves. And you eventually see before you what looks like a large fenced-in area that seems to have lots of buildings, lots of open spaces, and uh what were probably parking lots back then. You do see some ruined cars still in those big lots uh you see buildings that some of them look pretty normal as you uh, they they're just big square buildings some of them look a little strange as they are maybe circular or rising up a little bit you see one building that looks like it has a dilapidated telescope in a, uh, in it you see several what look like spheres that are that are seemingly on posts that are kind of grouped together marine all of this is uh, something that you had studied so it's one of those things where you like read about uh something or look at a place on a map and then when you get there you're like okay this makes more sense
1: thank you i was just about to ask
0: yes and maureen knowing what you know you understand that the even though the area has has had some weird effects that it's uh mostly on the part that you are actually making a beeline to so you have you have Angled yourself to come at the area of the uh of the facility that you know will get you in a little bit faster. And this particular area is one of the more boring looking areas. There's a what looks like it used to be a little park. There's yet another big concrete asphalt area. Uh, you do see that it is behind a couple of more gates, but you're flying, so it doesn't really matter. And you do see as you are coming around, you do see. Two Annihilators that are, they look to be on some sort of sentry duty. This is something that you expect. Uh, you actually, you remember that seeing in some of the Matt photos that uh, Khan Jonner took via his, uh, his Reconnaissance folks, you thought there were three.
1: Okay.
3: Is, I was gonna say, is there anything I would have gleaned pertinent to this mission from reading those classified documents?
0: So you know that the documents went over some of the other experiments that were going on and some of the other research. Obviously, there was some astronomy The Virginia is not exactly... The hotbed for things like that. So it is it is kind of weird that they would have had a telescope here. Some of the documents that would go into that a little bit further uh, stop at some of the good parts, right before the good parts. Uh, you do know that they were playing around with, with some nuclear energy here. And you think that the uh, spheres that are sort of contained together, they were in the documents some of the first fusion reactions. Uh, reactors, and you do know that the area of interest for freeing these prisoners previously held. I'm trying to think of how I I would describe it. A some sort of physics lab. It's inscrutable what it what it was for. It's it's the buzzword right now. So it was a it was something to do with quantum mechanics. But instead of being something like really cool, all the documents went into equations.
3: And then that was the point where Alfredo was, nope. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. Did, These but, are- but but did you then hand them to Grisham? At any point, did you go, Grisham, look, numbers, you're good at this, help.
3: Maureen, we both know the answer to that. Uh, yeah, flying over and be like, yeah, and then it got all mathy. And I was like, nah, and I closed it. Oh.
1: And, and so that's what Maureen says in her head as she looks over at Grisham. But she doesn't actually say it out loud. And then she looks back at the two of you as we... What I imagine is we see the two annihilators, we've we've arrived at the place and we've kind of stopped to gauge things.
3: Yeah, I figured this was our conversation, you know, talking and flying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so Maureen will whisper, and I will stage whisper. There's supposed to be three of them. I only see two. You see the two over there? Anyone see the other one?
3: Can I take a a look around for numero three?
1: Uh sure. Go ahead. Or like
3: signs of it, like tracks.
0: Yeah. Give me either brains or flight. We'll say that you are either trying to see where they are, or maybe uh, using your skill on the broom to get yourself a better, better angle.
3: I'm gonna go with the brains and try to get, get. You know, I'm not feeling confident in the weather patterns today, uh, making me fly around. Plus, I get a little bit of a magic boost. All right, uh, that's another three on a d6. Uh,
0: you don't see it as you're coming around, and at this point. I need everyone to make either, give me a unplanned flight roll and grit roll. Uh, give me the flight first, and then the grit.
1: Okay. Okay. This will be plus three. Uh, and it
3: was, you wanted, which ones again? What's that? Flight grit? and then grit. Oh, there okay. we go. Coming around. Bring it back around. Fredo's getting into his groove. Okay, so.
2: Christian, what did you end up with? I have a question before I answer that. Um, oh, the, the adversity token mechanic is does that allow a reroll of a dice or no? no. They add plus one to your rolls. So all of you start
0: with three, and I would say all of you have another one. i Actually, I'm sorry. Grisham and Fredo both have an, an additional one, as earlier, uh, Marine was the only one to pass the flight check.
2: I'm adding one to the whatever I rolled. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I'm not rerolling. I'm just adding, well, that's not going to do me a lot of good. So you can disregard that roll.
0: Speaking of adversity tokens, I believe all of you are going to get another one as... Oh, no. As you're flying around, you don't see the third one as it emerges from the other side of the fence line and opens fire. It takes you by surprise as you are unable to avoid its attacks. Uh, I would say that uh, there's no, really no damage in this. Y'all didn't fail far enough to
3: die, <laughs> thankfully.
1: <laughs> okay. So
3: let's We see. failed successfully. Yeah, there well, there that's, are gradings. Well, that's where
1: adding like one, even though like using one adversity token to just bump the number up by one is actually useful because sometimes it can mean you go Life from an death. abject, yeah, it can go from an abject failure to just like a, a complicated failure. All, <laughs> all right. right,
0: all of you take take some hits. Uh, your broom Whoa. is singed a little bit, and you get singed a bit. Fortunately, all of you are able to sort of gird yourselves to this damage as. a... Uh, I will ask the group, uh, in order of their flight roll, what you would like to do as an unplanned action. And keep in mind, you do have magic. So if you want to do a magic spell, whatever check, uh, you know, we conjure. I do have a DC for this, a brutal one. So yeah, tell me what you want to do, and then we will go. So let's see. In order of flight, we had Grisham at six, and then- um, I also had a six. Marine at six. Uh, I think I was an eight
3: on this last one. Yeah,
0: you were an eight. So, Fredo. Actually, before we do that, uh, let's do Rollies uh, d20s from Agrisham uh, and Lauren uh, uh, Marine
2: Rollies. Okay, thirteen for me.
1: Okay, six for me. You win. All right. Hey.
0: All right. So, Fredo, right now in the in the immediate future, what are you going to do to deal with this situation? You have. Two uh, Annihilators that are ne- becoming aware of your presence and you have an- another Annihilator that is actively firing upon you.
3: In this moment, Fredo is going to fall back on the old Reliable and he's going to give it the old one-two tug job and try to... Claire, hold its- on.
0: No, no. Before you go on, please, please
3: <laughs> give, the, give me the some The one-two context. tug job? Yes. Yeah, old Reliable. How I dealt with the Annihilator, that pierced me where I tried to take its head... And oh, I, okay, okay. And I grab right. it, and I tug it, and it <laughs> pops off. The old one-two tug uh, job.
0: Okay. I would prefer we not call it that again, but <laughs> sure. <Nope. laughs> it's Fredo.
1: <laughs> Fredo, we got to work on your naming naming of stuff. Because we'll, this, we'll, this is why all the professor, professors look at you weird when you talk about the things that you can do. Yeah, this we'll is laugh. why.
0: We'll, we'll workshop that later.
1: All right, so you're going
0: to try and pull its head
3: oh, off. Oh, that. so when I said I was really good at tug jobs... That meant something else. It meant something yeah. else. All yep. right. Oh. Yep. Whoops. So yeah, <laughs> Brain is going to try to like use some magic to pop the head off the brains of the Annihilator to disable the one that just shot at us.
0: Okay, so instantaneous effect. This is something you've done before. Let's see. So that continues to plus zero. Tu- He's a master
3: uh, at tug jobs. Let's see.
0: Okay, Give me. give me a spell roll here.
3: Brains or...
0: Describe to me the what aspect of yourself you're using to make this spell, or is it, are, like, are you making a whirlwind, or are you trying to grit and, and bend the weave to your will? Yeah, if you just des- describe it to me, and then I'll tell you what you need to do. Perfect.
3: So, yeah, I think what Fredo's gonna do is, as he, he has his wand out and he's pointing it, the way that hit the pulling motion works, uh, we'll, we'll call it that instead of a tug
1: job. Slightly better. Slightly better.
3: The magic literally constricts and pops, like, forms around it and pops it off. So, yeah, that's what he's going to do is, like, just kind of pull into the essence of magic to kind of sever the connections between the metaphysical and the physical uh, to create a force that is applying pressure on the head to make it go pop. Okay,
0: go ahead and give me either a fight or brawn roll. And add uh, add your plus two for your for your unplanned. It's an unplanned action from your vest. And then okay. any other modifiers you might have for a magic roll. All
3: right. We're going to go ahead and fight it. A nine. We're going to do a little math here. I'm, gonna go I'm math. going to go through the math. And I'm going to, before you tell me if it's a success or failure, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and spend one of those a- adversity tokens just to bump it up to a nice even ten. Nice
0: even ten. Okay. So our listeners may not be totally familiar with kids on brooms, but one of the ways you determine success of a roll is various aspects of what you are doing. So you have a magnitude of effect. Is it natural or is it reality-breaking? Is it an area of effect? Do you Is it a book or smaller or a classroom or bigger? And the duration of the effect, is it instantaneous or permanent? And finally, the experience with the spell. Since you are doing a, something that is, it's reality-breaking, Bending, I would say, not breaking. Uh, it's a person or smaller. I'd say person, a big person. Uh, these annihilators. Uh, it's instantaneous, and you've cast this cast this spell a few times before.
3: I'm a master at tug jobs. Yes,
0: nine was the DC, so you have you have beaten the DC. So as you whirl the magic around this, uh, oh wait a minute, uh, it's a good thing you spent that. Uh, the DC was actually a little bit higher because you got here a little late. Okay, anyway. But still, you succeed. So you Good
3: thing I spent that you, token. Yes,
0: you good thing you spent that. You bend the forces around the uh the, the structures supporting the the neck and head of this annihilator. It looks at you with cold purple eyes as it levels uh its weapon at Marine to finish her off. All of a sudden its eyes go it it sparks and the head pops off as it's weird big cylinder that it uses to fire energy bolts discharges and then falls into the ground and continues to discharge into the ground. Grisham, as this is happening, you see the other two annihilators
2: taking notice of you and starting to move in your direction. What do you do? Uh Grisham's thinking a lot about something Professor said about time is on your side and he thought about the application of what maybe the reason time travel doesn't work or is hard so hard is because people are trying to apply it directly as opposed to, to the space around the subject you're trying to it to. So Grisham gets the idea that he wants to accelerate time for the uh the air cells immediately around one of the uh what are the names again? The annihilators? hmm One of them accelerate the the time forward for the cell for the air immediately surrounding one of the annihilators to right before the heat death of the universe. The idea being that it would be at absolute zero and it would basically freeze it solid. Okay. <laughs> let's do let's do some checks. Okay. I are will... you
1: attacking this thing with the entire universe?
0: It well, kind of is.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give you. That's amazing.
0: This sort of spell would probably require a very, very in-depth under, uh, understanding of this. Uh, so I would say you can have a brains, or it it takes takes a lot of strength to to muster these forces. So you can have a brawn. But I will say, since you clearly have studied this and and you are familiar with the with the equations that make it so, if you choose brains,
2: you get a plus one. Oh. All right, uh, let's do... Well, my score is a little bit better with bronze, so I'm actually going to roll with that. All right, here we go. <laughs> Five.
0: Okay, before... Do you want to spend any adversity tokens?
3: Are we allowed
2: to spend ours
3: for them as well?
0: You, Can we cross? M- I believe you might be able to. One second.
1: Yeah, because I'll throw some adversity tokens at Grisham to encourage the heat death of the universe. I'll even sure. describe how
0: I do it. Okay. In this snap decision... You can't you can't help in that way. Okay, I believe it's with a plan okay.
2: action you can, but not Okay, uh, okay so I'll use one adversary to- uh, adversity token to bump it up to a six. Okay. I'm
0: gonna be nice and put this right in the middle of reality bending and breaking. It's not reality breaking, but it's not it's a little more than reality bending. Just speeding reality
2: along a little bit. That's all. Mm.
0: Yeah. This is gonna happen eventually. Let's see. It's not a person size because you're just doing it. Are you doing the entire thing or just its head?
2: Yeah, maybe it's just the head, just because I okay. figure I'm testing this out. You know,
0: uh, relatively. Uh, even though you're you're bringing down the universe of time upon it, it really is instantaneous. And we'll say that you've cast this spell many times before. It is a good idea. Uh, you see, you, there's a lot. There's lots of head talk right now. You see, Fredo pop the head out of off of a annihilator. Uh, as he's like, you can see him just straining to do it. And you are inspired. And you do ascend the uh, the Annihilator's head through, through a lot of time. You see it actually, whatever it's made of, start turning uh, first a green like copper. And then start turning back orange. And then starts turning brown. The eyes crack. And as it's nearing... Uh, that point when it would freeze and break its purple eyes look toward you and it fires but it misses you so it's still up but it seems to be pretty heavily damaged i i mean i feel like when they found data's head in that lab like he shouldn't have been as sharp anymore they would have been great if like they had like you know data just wasn't quite as smart as he was because like his head had been in a cave for like 400 years or whatever So similar effect here, similar effect to what I think would happen. So that brings us to a marine snap decision. You have an undamaged Annihilator, you have a heavily damaged Annihilator, and you have a dead Annihilator. After this snap decision, I'd say you could probably regroup and do something a little bit more planned. But uh, for now, how do you handle this, this situation?
1: So let me ask... What I was thinking of doing is I've got this strength called unassuming strength, which means I can spend two adversity tokens to not be seen within reason. What I was thinking of doing was using that, basically using Grisham and Alfredo's distraction, let's call it, very, very, very powerful distraction, to... Dip back down into the tree line so that I can get to a position where, first off, they can't see me. And second, these two annihilators are together, right? They came, they came, they came over together, together,
0: right? Yeah, they're relatively close together.
1: I would love to use those two adversity tokens and disappear and okay. sneak around so that I can get them in a line so that I could fire lightning through both of them.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and spend your tokens. And okay. let's see here.
1: I know that's asking a lot, but I'm hoping because I went last, I can use my friends as, as distractions to do this.
0: Grisham, you would actually get an adversity token back. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say you, got, you get an, an adversity token back. Okay. The two adversity tokens. Uh, let's see. We've done lightning before. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and review it, though. It could naturally happen. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The, we'll say the area effect is big. Uh, so bigger than a person, but smaller than a classroom. Yeah. And then it's instantaneous. It's not like you're, I mean, you could just sit there and sustain the lightning if you wanted. And uh, you've definitely cast the spell many times. So yeah, go ahead and oh, give yeah. me, we'll say, give me either a fight or brawn.
1: Your oh, choice. Oh, we're going to do fight. We're going to do fight for sure. I get. Okay, here we go. Hey, uh, that is a 16. All right. I'm gonna let it ride, I'm gonna let it ride.
0: Okay, go ahead and uh, and describe to me how these two annihilators are annihilated.
1: I swoop closer to the ground so that it's harder to see me as my two friends go after these annihilators. And when Grisham is done trying to send one into the death of the, the end of the universe, those two eyes that are still glowing that look up at him are just the target I need, and so I swoop around until they're in a line, and then I've got both hands on the broom, and I just use the broom as a conduit to zap right through the eyes of the one and right into the other one so that I'm hopefully hitting both of the heads, and then they explode like popcorn. Pop. As
0: both of them drop... Uh, The undamaged one fires off a few useless discharges from its weapon. Things fall silent. You're not sure how many are in the facility, so maybe it's time to to get in and get going.
1: Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There, you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from StabbyQuest, Jesse Florence, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, aka Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Oddy, Linnea Boyev. Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.